We have representative of a power and the media organization uh, represented here uh, in the person of Tatiana Oteria. Help me mention the name, though. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. Uh, difficult one. And a very difficult <laughs> one, though. It's Tatiana Koklerenko. Okay, Tatiana Koklerenko. He's the uh, executive director of Epower. And then uh, we have Abdul Razak Yakubu. He's a programs officer as well as Anahini Eyala Luchi, Luchisi, isn't it? <laughs> Forgive me. Uh, he's the media and innovation advisor of uh, Internews, isn't it? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome to the studio. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, first of all, b before we get into the discussion, uh, let's let me have an understanding as to uh, what your organization ha has been up to in Ghana in re in regards of uh, trafficking of women and children. Tatiana, um, Enslavement Prevention Alliance has been around for about four years now, and we worked on a variety of different issues related to human trafficking, from um, putting together psychosocial programs to men's march against violence against women, to educating and gathering children and youth um, on human trafficking. We published a book in that regard. We worked also on trafficking cases. Um, and now we're also trying to put together a clinic for um, trafficked women and children and other victims of gender-based violence. But the reason we're here today is because we're putting together a community monitoring system using technology, using SMS, mm. in 20 communities across Ghana. And we'll talk about that a little more. Mm, definitely. Uh, let's look at uh, how uh, you are linked with this particular project, uh, Anahini. Exactly. How is the organization? You are a media organization, so how are you linked to this project? So we are a development organization. So we basically support local media in different countries in Africa. We have been working in Africa for 10 years. Uh, we've never worked in Ghana. But uh, we decided that, uh, especially in the past year, technology is spreading everywhere. Uh, everybody has a mobile phone. Everybody is using social network like Facebook or Twitter. And so we, uh, we think that uh, there's a very strong link in between the way people use technology and social media and the way we do journalism. So we think that it's incredibly important to be able to link these two worlds together because mm. ultimately information comes directly from communities and from people. And mobile phones and social networks allow people to actually have their voice heard even more. And this can help media and journalists to do their work in a better way. So this year we have launched a pilot project and we decided to give fundings to organizations that are doing projects that may not be specifically related to media but can help media in different countries in doing uh, in a better way uh, their job and in gathering more information from the communities themselves. So we decided that uh, one of the projects uh, that was awarded this, uh, this grant was actually a power in Ghana to help them uh, better support uh, the communities in the country. Mm. Uh, really, uh, power. you've been around uh, for a while, haven't you? Uh, exactly, uh, if I may come to you, Abdul Razak, exactly, tell us uh, the current situation as far as uh, uh, human trafficking, women and children. How How is the situation currently in Ghana? Um, well, we are still uh, trying to battle it head on, but the issue is that trafficking still exists here in Ghana, and it's huge. It's something that um, is not hidden. And everywhere you go in the streets in Ghana and in communities and even when you read media reports that tip uh, the trafficking in persons report uh, indicates that Ghana is now on the tier 2 list showing that Ghana is not actively complying 
in the fight against trafficking. So this is something that is of concern to the organization and we want to support government and other civil society organizations that are geared towards this particular uh, problem to fight it head on as a, a group. Tatiana might have something to talk exactly. about. Yeah, ju just to put um, the situation in scope, if you look at a place like Accra, you have over 120 child brothels. 120 child brothels? Yes. Um, you look at a place like Cape Coast, it's becoming a new sex tourist destination again for children. Mm. You know, you have all kinds of different types of um, trafficking going on that everybody sees on a daily basis. But we have, we have chosen to um, just sort of see it but not see it. And I think that's something that's going to change. We're going to go into 20 communities. We're going to educate them. We're going to make them realize the issues that are at hand and how to better protect themselves. And um, I think Razak is going to also talk a little bit about more, more about that. Mm. Uh, you just mentioned uh, Accra and Cape Coast. Uh, we know of uh, other uh, places. Uh, for instance, in that case, you're talking about uh, domestic trafficking. How about those who are sent out, out outside the shores of, of the country? There, um, the dynamics in Ghana are such the, the most widespread trafficking is domestic trafficking. Mm. Then it's followed by regional trafficking. And then it's followed by international trafficking. Mm. And all three exist and are rampant. But the majority of those who are trafficked are children domestically for both labor and sexual exploitation. And so what, what it says is that your organization is going to uh, really tackle all these uh, various trafficking that you're talking about. Yes, through, through this specific project, we will, tra we will track mm -hmm. and um, address all of these three types of trafficking. Mm. Because all of these types, we're going to be working in various communities, both rural and urban. And all of them have different trafficking dynamics. For example, even somebody like you could be trafficked. Mm. Somebody might come with an employment offer and say, you know what, I have a great job for you in um, UAE. And you know, you'll be working on the radio there. We need, we need another presenter there and you'll be very well paid. They'll look at your credentials then they will um, take your passport, etc., etc., arrange for your visas. You come there, you're put on a construction site, you're working 18, 20 hours a day, you're not getting paid, you're getting physically abused. So we could help in those situations because we could look at the employment offers, see if they're actually real. When it comes to other types of trafficking, you know, if, you know, for example, there are children that are being trafficked into a brothel somewhere, there's a situation of sexual exploitation, we could work with law enforcement, we could work with Ministry of Women and Children and Department of Social Welfare, you know, and we could assist with the rescue and post-rescue post <coughs> victim yeah. protection mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, a variety of different things. It all will depend on the area, what the situation is, etc. Mm. Uh, let's look at the kind of support because earlier you mentioned that uh, uh, government, as it were, has not done enough in, in combating this particular uh, menace. Uh, but what kind of support have you received? You mentioned a number of organizations, for instance, the law enforcement agencies, women and children, the fit. Exactly what kind of assistance have you received so far from uh, these organizations? Oh, um, well, all of these organizations actually have particular sections that work on human trafficking. The police has a human trafficking unit. unit. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, Ministry of Women and Children has a human trafficking secretariat. Yeah. And then you have within Department of Social Welfare specific officers that work on human trafficking issues. And uh, we worked on a variety of different cases with them. For example, we worked on 
uh, victim protection issues, so victim post-rescue care in the Chinese, the famous Chinese case, uh -huh. which was a landmark case, and Ministry of Women and Children had supported the victims and provided um, um, funding for shelter, food, medical care, etc., from the Human Trafficking Fund. Um, so they do as much as they can. Um, there's, you know, definitely need to invest more in the infrastructure to build shelters that um, they've promised to build. Uh, but there are things that, there are definitely attempts to tackle this issue, but as I said, they also need the community support from ground up mm. to do their job. Mm. Uh, Anahini, Anahi, uh, sorry, let me get back to you. You belong to a media organization. <coughs> You're giving a lot of support uh, to the cause of this project. Uh, now, the issues really on the ground. Uh, exactly how is it supposed i mean your supports that you're giving how is it supposed to help in combating are you going to give uh, the technology you're providing is it supposed to share information uh, to law enforcement agency or really bring out the real situation exactly on the ground how are you really helping well uh we are helping because we're funding the project you're funding <laughs> That's the first thing. exactly yeah, exactly yeah. but in in general i mean as innovation advisor i i personally work with technology and I work with application of technology to different social cases and to different situations. So one of the things that we are discussing very closely with Tatiana is what kind of technology is the best one to be used. Exactly. Right? We're talking about communities and you can say, oh, you can use a mobile phone to send an SMS and you know, report the situation. But then what about who's not able to write, for mm -hmm. example? Right, so there's a lot of things that needs to be think about when you're uh, thinking about implementing a technology, especially in rural communities, especially in, you know, everything normally depends on, on the situation on the ground. And I think that what Internews can bring is the experience of implementing this kind of technologies in other areas okay. and in other situations. Okay. Uh, Razak, let's look at the most common uh, uh, type of uh, trafficking that we have, uh, particularly in Ghana, that uh, persists. Uh, which are the types? Um, um, the common ones we would, we would talk about is the trafficking for fishing. We talk about uh, trafficking in the mining sector, which is the galamse. Uh, we also talk about uh, tra domestic uh, servitude, that is um, those ones that you have at home where you mm. see people. Uh, yeah. And then we are looking at trafficking for uh, s uh, commercial sexual exploitation, which is huge. In, mm. in Accra and Cape Coast and then it is expanding. We also have issues with um, um, trafficking for labor, which is another big issue that we are also looking at. Um, there are different dynamics of trafficking that we have in Ghana and they are changing, the trends are changing. As uh, we organizations are putting in measures to stop it, the traffickers are also advancing by coming out with new measures and new different forms of trafficking. We also have issues like um, sex uh, uh, sex tourism which is also becoming a concern especially in the cape coast area we are now looking at issues with uh, the concerning msm that is men having sex with men but for me what i've seen so far is men having sex with boys so it should rather be msb so this is something that we should really have a, a look at and part of it is because um, we have not given society has not given men and boys a chance to stop uh, to talk about their issues nobody listens to men and mm. boys and we don't have to know what is going around them every focus is on women and, and children and children but now we have to start looking at it in the, in the direction of the men and boys exactly because they end up 
being victims and some of them end up being perpetrators. So what is it? Why are they doing this? But, uh, talking about what is it and why are they doing it? Tatiana, for instance, have you been able to identify uh, why this is so rampant and why people are, are still falling to uh, prey, so to speak, uh, to some of these vials? Yes, we actually, um, Epiwal actually works on these issues. We look at the issue of demand. So what is driving this? Why are men lined up in queues and going to child brothels, for example? What is creating this demand? This is one of the reasons we have engaged men in these discussions and we've engaged actively men in this movement. Because the fact is, is that men are the demand, okay? Mm. They're the ones that are, in basic economic terms, if there's no demand, there's no supply. Exactly. So um, what is driving this? So what we have done right now is actually go out and talk to men, go out and educate men, go out and see what the issues are behind why they're doing what they're doing. Men, in, in what regard and which particular trafficking are you talking about? The, we're, talking the brother? About, we're talking about specifically trafficking for sexual exploitation. Sexual exploitation, exactly. Because other types of trafficking, it's both men and women exactly, who are involved. Yeah, yeah. But specifically, trafficking for sexual exploitation, which is rampant, and it's not just Accra and Cape Coast, it's Takarati, it's rural areas, it's everywhere. And part of it, actually, you, too, you, you talked about you know, trafficking and the, the changing dynamics. Part of it is technology. Also, technology is also being used to create this demand. Pornography, which was not a part of Ghanaian culture, is being widespread. Mm -hmm. um, and it's inculcating specific values and specific wants that these men actually then replicate in their behavior outside. Mm -hmm. So when men go and now watch things that were not even a part of, you know, their thought process before, a behavioral process, and they cannot act it out, perhaps with their wife, their girlfriend, or in regular life, they go and seek for it elsewhere. Mm. And it's also the acceptance and sort of um, just, just quiet on the fact that men are doing this. Mm. A lot of men are doing this. If you're talking about 120 child brothels just in Accra, and men in queues, you know, with tickets, number 50, number whatever it is, to have their 10-minute turn with a 12-year-old girl, okay? It's not just, you know, some perverts or pedophiles that are doing it. Mm. A lot of people are doing this. So the basic way for us to see is how do we change this? This is okay. why we're going to go into the communities and see what is causing this. Okay. Why are people doing this? Right. Mm. Uh, but, but one would have an understanding, particularly looking at the other types of uh, uh, trafficking. You talk about the servitude, there's domestic uh, trafficking and all of that. Uh, you probably would think that, okay, people would fall to it uh, due to uh, basically economic gains uh, because they do not have the money. So uh, with a little you know, money thrown at them, they just might want to fall to uh, some of these uh, vials. But the thing is, is that there's nothing wrong with being a domestic help. But each person deserves a level of dignity exactly. and freedom and basic rights. So there's, there's a change from having work okay, to being treated literally as a slave. So this is where, as I said once again, you go and educate people about their rights, one, but you also educate people who are perpetrating these things, which they think a lot of times are normal. Okay, a lot of times they're not aware that what they're doing is wrong um, about the fact that, you know, these children, because most of these are children, deserve an education. They deserve to be treated as a human being. 
Um, and I just came back from Haiti and they have a similar problem. And this problem exists in many, many countries around the world. It's mm. not just a Ghanaian problem. Mm. Trafficking is an international problem. It exists everywhere. And they have an issue with Rustavex, which is also, you know, house helps that are literally being treated as slaves. And they have, I think, about 800,000 in Haiti. Mm. So it's a similar, similar problem. Mm. Uh, now, really talking about similar problems and uh, lack of education on the part of persons, uh, really, An Anahi, you are providing funds, particularly for this project. Are you looking uh, at that uh, monies that you give out? Is, is Exactly how do you expect the monies that you give out uh, to be used in, 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 in saving the situation? Well, well, first of all, this is a pilot. So for us, the idea is to actually test something. We are aware that we it may not be 100% successful. The idea is actually to see and to try something new and to see if it's working. And and in general, what what we we uh, we hope is going to happen is that uh, a power will be able to build a system where people will be empowered to actually not only receive a training and understand what the problem is, but actually be empowered to report immediately about this problem. Mm. And so the idea is to, to be able to see a kind of like a network of people that have very good understanding of the situation and that link together different communities so that it's not only the power of one individual reporting something, but it becomes the power of the community and then it becomes the power of different communities. And then on the top of it, you can build something that is truly a critical mass that can then move things a little bit forward. So what we hope to see is to come back here in January at the end of the pilot project and see something like this born in this kind of communities and see a little bit more support in a kind of way even from the institutional side. Mm. Uh, really, that's interesting. Razak, I, I really want to find out uh, yeah. exactly how is the structure going to be like? Are you going to set up offices at the various communities that you identify mm -hmm. as having uh, you know, these problems rampant? Or uh, how is it going to be like? Well, um, first of all, we've identified four regions mm. which we are going to operate in. Mm. We are looking at the northern region, Volta region, Greater Accra, and then the central region. Uh, in these communities, we are going to um, recruit um, 12 monitors. And these 12 monitors will be trained as to how to use the SMS to communicate and uh, to a server that will be based in Epawa so that immediately they send all these messages, it comes to us, and then we are able to know immediately which community this particular message is coming from. And then we also would create an access list where we have like um, the police or the, the police, the hospitals, the other civil societies within that particular community, which we can easily call on for immediate action before we can go to do anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, Tatiana, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I mean, the whole point of this is, is to create an atmosphere where people can report what is going on in their communities confidentially, where it's not a, a person that's going to be pointed to. So they could report what is going on confidentially as they go about their regular life. They see a situation, they report it. Mm. And something can be done, you know, for them, because this is a way for them to protect themselves and their communities, which mm. is important. Mm. Well, that's what it is. I was wondering exactly if you have any uh, telephone hotlines or anything that people can reach you in case that they need any assistance from your outfit. Yes, um, we are actually launching this project mm. on the 29th mm. of August, okay. which is Monday at the Ghana Journalism Association. 
but Razak, um, and there'll be a network uh, launch that day. But in the meantime, um, Razak can provide our office line, you know, where we could always be reached as well, and the email address where people could reach us as well with any information. Okay. Or any questions as well. Any questions as well. well Razak, if you have those information, we can put that yes, out. Yes, um, our telephone line that they can use is uh, 0302-234619. And then um, our email will be info at epower.org. So then I'll repeat the telephone lines again, which is uh, 0302-234619. And then Epower will be there to receive you. And then the inf uh, uh, email is info at epower.org. So I once you send any uh, uh, email to us, we'll respond to it immediately. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And I just want to spell it out. That's info, I-N-F-O, at epawa, E-P-A-W-A dot O-R-G. Mm. Okay. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, Anna here, um, let me give you the final word. Uh, if you have any final word to say to the public. Well, yes. Um, we I, we really hope that this project is going to be successful. We really think that the strong part of it is that Epower is a local organization that is working locally since a lot of time in Ghana. There's a great understanding of what the situation looks like. And we really hope that people will take the chance to become part of, of, of this process and, and really become the, 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 the ones that take charge of protecting their own community. Mm. We wish you all the best in this exercise and then have a good time. Uh, thanks for coming into the studios though. Thank and you. thank you for having us. Okay, you had uh, Tatiana Kolorinko, Executive Director of ePower, Abdul Razak Yakubu. He's the Programs Officer of ePower. And then Anahi Ayala uh, Lahuchi, uh, she is the media innovation advisor of Internews. They, they joined us uh, really talking about uh, the project uh, that they are starting. It's about uh, three minutes to the top of the hour. In a bit, we'll be getting to the world of business. Uh, Laurentia Adams uh, will be joining me with some update from the world of business. You're tuning into Choice Breakfast. You're coming to you live from our studios right here in Accra. A couple of your text messages before we get into the world of business. 